Welcome to the podcast Impacting Care, brought to you by the Novo Nordisk Hemophilia Foundation, a non-profit grant-making organization. My name is Henrik Denter, I'm a journalist based in Copenhagen, and I'm also living with hemophilia myself. Today we are going to Mexico, or to be more precise, to the state of Nuevo León, in the northeastern part of Mexico. Here we'll meet a very inspiring woman who built up the hemophilia clinic at the University Hospital in the city of Monterrey from scratch. We're going to hear about her vision of a multidisciplinary team and what that means for people with hemophilia, why the patients have her private telephone number and why she doesn't want them to be at the clinic at all. And that woman is you, Dr. Laura Villarreal. Welcome to this podcast. Let's start with a bit of your professional background. I am a pediatric hematologist and, and right now I'm a professor at the Faculty of Medicine here at the University of Nuevo León. And we have uh, at this day pediatric hematology fellows and med students. And I'm also in charge of the hemophilia clinic of the same university hospital. And well, I really love and enjoy research, treating patients and everything related to bleeding disorders. But going back to when you actually started the job and started the clinic, um, did you have any idea back then how many uh, people were living with hemophilia in, in your state? Before we started the project to develop the hemophilia clinic, there were no patients at all at our hospital with bleeding disorder because they didn't have any kind of insurance coverage. There was no treatment for them. So we, we were able to make the diagnosis, but we were not able to treat them. So uh, we used to refer them to other institutions. So when I graduated in 2013 and I decided to stay at the faculty as a professor, uh, bleeding disorders was an area that no one else was in charge of. So because I was the new one, they just told me, you're in charge now. And that was like a, a really challenge for us. We were just uh, certified for the treatment of hemophilia after the Seguro Popular uh, was covering and taking care of hemophilia patients in Mexico. Seguro Popular was, because it, there's no more Seguro Popular at this time, it was a kind of insurance that was taking care of people, unemployed people, or people with informal employments. And how many people were, with hemophilia were coming to your clinic at the time? Well, we started with two patients, uh, and after two years, we we have uh, we had around 40. So they just started, started to come with us from other cities and other states. And as I told you, in two years, we were a big family of 40 patients. So you have been growing rather rapidly, but how did you decide where to start? I remember the when the first came, uh, the first patient came with us. He he came with his parents, and his parents came with this baggage, and they just came inside and knocked, and and they told us we left our city, we left our state, we left behind our jobs and friends and family. We moved to here to Monterey because we heard that you are the best. So after that pa first patient came in and told us that, and we we saw that they they really trusted in us. Um, it was like a very shocking thing for me. And I thought, 
wow, oh, I have we have to do something to 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 don't let down these people that already came with us, that they left the, everything behind to to come here today with us. So we have to do something to treat them as as they really deserve to. And what were you able to do for the patient at the time, some of the first patients that came to your clinic? Well, at that time we were able to make the diagnosis. This first kid I, I'm talking to, he was a six-year-old boy that has been bleeding for like six years and had no diagnosis. At that day we made um, the uh, diagnosis of uh, severe hemophilia A the same day and we started treatment. I had the opportunity to travel and to know other clinics in other countries and to see uh, the both sides of hemophilia, the ones that had treatment since they were young children and the other side, the and the patients that didn't have ac- didn't have access to treatment. So this uh, bridge and, and this uh, difference, a huge difference between them um, made me think if there is treatment available and if there is a, a way to stop this disability and and to prevent most um, disability in these patients we have to do something so i decided uh, to review what's uh, what were the needs or what would, do we need to learn at that time to treat our hemophilia patients in a in, in the best way as they deserve and and our goal was to have our kids to have um Uh, a, a normal life to have a normal life that they could go to school they could do sports they don't, didn't have any bleeds or uh, the the less bleeds they can they can have so we started to 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 search for a, a structure and a plan to to develop a plan to treat to make a comprehensive care center and to integrate another specialist as though how did the nnhf uh, manage to help you in all of this When we found about the Novo Nordisk Hemophilia Foundation, we made first uh, we made our first contact with Denise Brengard. She was responsible for the program for the projects of Latin America at that time, and she really was a great guidance for me since the beginning, uh, since structure development and till the end of the project. And I really could not have done this without her support. So uh, it really helped us a lot to develop, to design the structure of the, we told us our uh, necessities and they helped us to, de- to develop the program and this project. I know you have gathered around what you call a multidisciplinary team. What does that actually mean? Well, hemophilia is, is a disease that, that this day doesn't have a cure. But you have to take care of many aspects, uh, genetics, uh, orthopedics, rehab, rehabilitation, nurse, uh, the nursing team that has to show them how to uh, self-infuse, to take treatment at homes. And, and I have to say it was not easy at all to, because many specialists were not interested in treating bleeding disorders for many reasons. But I conclude uh, one of the reasons, or the the most common reason, was uh, a fear to the unknown. How did you persuade them in the end? Oh, first one was the social workers, and the ne- the next specialist that was involved was the physiotherapist. And I already went to knock the doors at the physiotherapy department, and no one wanted to participate at that time. So I remember one day, um, trainee was sent to my office. So no one, no one wanted to to came. So they sent a trainee, and he knocked at my door and came into my office and say, 
Hi, I'm Jose Angel. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. They just sent me uh, to do something about hemophilia. Oh, he was just, okay. And then I took the opportunity opportunity, and I just told him, okay, let's come sit here with me and let's talk about. And since that day, he has been working with us. After that, the other uh, difficulty was to to found an orthopedic surgeon. No one wanted to treat patients with bladed disorders. No, obviously not making surgery to them because they were like scared. They were afraid to treat these patients. But there was one who did accept it, the challenge. That was Dr. Garay, uh, who was at first awful, but being my husband, <laughs> make was a sufficient uh, reason so he had a, not much choice to join the team so he still now continues working with our patients and making a perfect pair with Jose Angel so they've we, we, been working for us in our clinic for eight years now. After that genesthetist Marisol she's a wonderful doctor she's a very compromised with the patients her programs with the uh, this carrier detection program and all the all the genetic, you know that this is a genetic disease and it's very important her participation with us. We also have uh, two nurses in our hemophilia, I mean in our hematology clinic that they were working with hematology patients for about 30 years. So they are both called Lupita, Lupita Hernandez and Lupita Cavazos, and they started this magnificent uh, training program to teach them the caregivers and and patients as well to self-infuse at home. And we also have uh, this chemist who uh, Marta that is specialized in all coagulations tests. So. I think uh, after they see how their uh, support to their patients, the impact that they can make in their patients, and is that it? They, they're just uh, in love with hemophilia right now. They're just very compromised, and then we're working together as a team to at this day for eight years now. You are listening to the podcast Impacting Care, brought to you by the Novo Nordisk Hemophilia Foundation. We're talking to Dr. Laura Villarreal, head of the Hemophilia Clinic at the University Hospital in Monterrey in Mexico. But all these people you talked about that you have uh, managed to get involved, they're doctors, they're nurses, and, and, and they're specialists as well. And any hospital is always worried about the cost. How did you manage to raise the, the, the funds for all of this? As I was telling you before, uh, the Seguro Popular was going to take care of prophylaxis, of, of factor replacement in these kids. So, but that's it. They were only covering the prophylaxis and we showed the hospital authorities that if the patients knew how to take care of themselves, that immediate factor replacement reduces the need of uh, hospital missions and emergency room visits and that if the patients have the treatment at home that that was a very important thing because you know it's a, a very high cost treatment so give the patients all the factor to take them home it was like a, some difficult to accept for our, our our authorities but at least they did understand that if uh, the families have the treatment at home those families will save costs will save travel times and travel money 
uh, having the prophylaxis at home, the other ends to treatment will be better. And at the end, the hospital was going to save money on treating bleeding events, and that they and those bleeding events were not covered by the insurance. So they didn't understand that, and they helped us with this uh, program to to make to take home care. You told me that all the members involved in the projects have other jobs, but what motivated them to volunteer for this project? And and we still we still have a, uh, our jobs. We are not exclusively treating patients with bleeding disorders, and as you said, most of these activities are not made in our in our working hours. It could be weekends, it could be holidays. It doesn't matter. We as a team are always uh, for them whenever they need us. And I, I think it was a particular case I want to talk to you about that that really make an impact on all the team. And I think this these kinds of, of, of cases make us uh, to get more involved. And this is a, was a, uh, one day an eight-year-old boy came to our educational sessions. Uh, he came in a wheelchair with his mother. They were from a good economic status. They had a private insurance and treatment available. His mother heard about this and decided just to come to, to see what's, what, what was going on in our clinic. He had been without walking in almost a year. He was not attending school. Family was not able to travel because he needed to visit their clinic three times per week to have his factor replacement. But just but something just wasn't right that he had frequent bleedings. So after he started a, he, a rehabilitation program, the correction of prophylaxis, Uh, he, his mother was trained to self, uh, to infusion. Their whole life changed. He returned to school. They had the opportunity to travel. He attended parties, practiced sports. And now he's almost 16. He self-infuses. The whole family dynamics change. He's totally independent. And when you see that and realize that all of that was achieved just because of the comprehensive care you gave to him, And you see his smile and his mom's smile. That's our remuneration. That, and that what motivates us. That the outwards, it outwards after that. But I, I know that you even uh, give out your private telephone number to to the patients, and they and you tell them, uh, please contact me almost day and night. They all have my my private uh, number, and they they know they can call me at any time. And well, that's our goal. We don't want to see patients at a hospital unless they came for education or just to say hello. We don't want to see patients with bleedings. We don't want uh, to see patients at the emergency room. And we're making an effort to give them all the tools to live with their deficiency without any need of medical assistance, or at least to try uh, to minimize hospitals or visits. We receive them and walk along with them through this long journey And I think they feel more secure that way. It seems like you have known them and followed them for a long time. Yeah, they they are like growing with those. First they were young children, now they're becoming adolescents, and some of them are turning into adults. And what we we try to to teach them is to uh, or to give them this empowerment so they can take care of themselves. So to to teach them that mom is not going to be there forever and they have to know about their disease and they have to know how to treat their bleedings 
and what to do in case of a bleeding and oh and and first of all how to prevent uh, a bleeding and the importance of not skipping a dose and and everything they have to know about their 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 disease it's like you you, you know what's going on in their life and and you keep track of them is that correct we we are a great family uh, we're talking about 40 patients but we we have to include the parents sisters which uh, some of them already know as carriers. So we have carriers uh, that they are already trained in how to infuse patients with hemophilia. So so you can imagine with those girls are get get older and have in unfortunately or they don't or they did have do have a a boy with hemophilia. They already know how to treat them. They are not scared anymore. They are they feel secure if. If, if those girls have a, a kid with hemophilia, they know perfectly what to do, how to treat them, how to make, uh, how to infuse them. You have been building up this clinic almost from scratch, or actually from scratch. Um, would you say you are uh, at a place right now where you want to be, or do you still have ambitions for the clinic? No, well, that that's a very a really good question. <clears throat> Actually, we think uh, we are okay. Our patients are having good quality of life, but I think we really love to be able to reach more patients, to be able to collaborate with our colleagues in Mexico and and other countries too. So I we would love to reach more, more, more patients. And do you have any plans? So how are you going to do that? Yeah, well, we actually uh, have a collaboration with other colleagues in other states from Mexico. We are now designing, uh, in, in the design of the new guidelines, treatment uh, treatment guidelines for Mexico, and to implement the national registry. And we are also making research, particularly in patients with inhibitors, and we are, we are um, working together and collaborating. Is it fair to say that there's a big difference in Mexico on how you being treated as a patient in different states? There are difference difference in treatment in the different states and the different institutions. And even in the same institution, it depends on the doctor you get. Uh, so we already have some guidelines, but we are like uh, making a new ones. And we are going to try that these guidelines are... Uh, reach all the patients in all the institutions in, in, in all the states too. So would that be fair to say that's one of your ambitions one day along the road to have all patients in the whole of Mexico uh, having access to the same treatment and the same care? Yeah, of course. And I think this model of comprehensive care should be in every uh, treatment center. It is really important, and I think uh, it was uh, our success. The many people asked me how how can you make the the patients to get to have that uh, other institute treatment, and in, and as I told you at first, you have to teach them, and patients need to understand the reason why they have to infuse, and why they they don't have they need no skipping doses and the importance to adherence. If they don't understand why they are infusing, they're going to miss doses. If they don't understand the importance to infuse quickly after a bleeding, they will come 
to our hospital hours later with a huge bleed and, and more complications. So I think education particularly is, uh, is uh, our first goal and makes people with hemophilia to live uh, an excellent quality of life. And if you travel to other states in Mexico with this message, are they listening to you? Yeah, uh, we try, uh, I have the opportunity to travel to another states and work with other colleagues and try to share our experience that we had here. We also uh, had received some other colleagues from other states to come to our clinic and to visit us and to see how we uh, were treating our patients and all the program we were taking or we are taking with them. So yes, we are. We try to, to make the same uh, program to reproduce in, in other states. But you also mentioned and you talked about foreign countries. Uh, are you actually reaching out and trying to establish contact with other countries? We have been able to to to, to reach other countries like uh, Peru, Paraguay, and 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 we were working together to try to 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 share our experience and and to share how we started from zero. And I know many people have are going to have difficulties we did had difficulties but as long as you uh, set a point where you want to go no difficulties are are you you should have no limits so i think uh if you you have a dream it doesn't matter what what crosses in your way you should look some way to to fix that and keep you continue just straightforward to get what you were expecting to get. Exactly. And you have proven it can be done. Dr. Laura Villarreal, I thank you very much for participating in this uh, podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you in Mexico. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I just uh, wanted to end with a message and I would tell my colleagues that... Uh, dare to dream that everything even if it seems difficult it's not impossible that the patients are their motivation and and finally to think that there's no limits and to never give up thank you very much for the invitation this podcast is intended for informational educational and inspirational purposes only please speak with a medical professional before making any health-related decision. Interviews in the Impacting Care podcast series are with project partners, people with blood disorders, and volunteers who are impacting care together with the Novo Nordisk Hemophilia Foundation in low- and middle-income countries. Guests have not received any compensation. The views expressed here are those of the people being interviewed. Enjoy, share, and subscribe.